Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, let's go back in time. You've just come up with your first startup idea. You found a co-founder. What's the very next thing that you plan to do? Plan for divorce. <laughs> That's the first Bingo. <laughs> Today we divorce. are going to talk about something really important, which is that co-founders often don't last. You, you may have garnered that from the title if you read it. If you're binge listening and are paying no attention to the titles, that is the title of today's episode. <laughs> um, co-founders often don't last. And we're going to spend some time today uh, unpacking why that is um, and, and what we should be doing about this as founders as, as we progress through this, this journey. All right. So before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, I, I think, Ryan, the, the problem is just like any other relationship, when it's starting, it's always great because oh, nothing yeah. has gone wrong yet, right? right? You know, that's the problem. First date's always great. We haven't lived together yet. Nothing's gone wrong yet. Yep. And we don't learn who our co-founder is, our life mate, our you know spouse, whatever, until we go through shit with them, right? Right. Or we've been around <laughs> long enough to know whether we want to be with them to begin with. Yeah. Which is why when we talk to founders and they're just putting the, their company together and they're saying, I've got two other co-founders, we're trying to figure out the equity split, that's our biggest challenge. And it's like, no, it's not. The biggest challenge right now is to have a real conversation about if shit doesn't work out. And by the way, right. shit usually doesn't work out. <laughs> what do we plan on doing about it? Right. And no one has that conversation. Nobody has and it. And yet it happens all the time. It's crazy. But Will, we live here in Shangri-La with our unfunded <laughs> pitch deck. Why would we need to plan for that? Right, yeah. right, right. It, it doesn't uh, occur to you, and it doesn't occur to you for, for all the right reasons, right? You're at that really excited uh, but vulnerable state, right, where we're so into the idea and we're so happy that we found somebody else who likes our idea that it doesn't even occur to us to go looking for flaws right. or, or holes in the story or whether this person even has applicable skills to what I'm doing, right? Like we see this a lot at places like Startup Weekend, right? right? And, and nothing against Startup Weekend. Amazing stuff has come out of that. Some wonderful things for the startup community. But it's like going to a speed dating and like being forced into marrying somebody at the end of the, the, the speed round. Right, right. Like, right. Not enough transpires there to be really sure that this is the person that you want to spend the rest of your startup with. It's right? the last is, thing in our uh, mind. Pretty significant. Right? It's the last exactly. thing in our mind, right? We're like in our minds at that moment, we're thinking this person gets it. They love what I'm doing. Or maybe these couple people get it. Or they're my friends from yep. back in the day, right? Yeah, right. And so co-founder must mean that equal uh, shares of the company mean equal contribution forever. And yep. even though we'll all have equal shares forever, we'll all contribute equally forever. Right. Without any thought to, well, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be the case that like, if one of the, the people uh, on our team has a third of the company 
and they're there because they can, they're a great designer that we may not need a designer in that capacity, a third of the company as much for the entire, <laughs> right. like, until the end of time. So, yep. so why do they have a third of the company again? Or the simple one, what if I quit, right? Yeah. Why is it that we think when we form companies that all the people that we're forming them with are just going to stay on forever? Like in what world would that make sense? Right. And yet, Doesn't. and yet, every time we throw all that stuff out the window, we don't even ask the questions, the what if questions. Right. So today right. we're going to ask all the what if questions. And <laughs> if you're going through this for the first time, you will be so happy that you listen to these questions. You may ignore everything we have to say. That's on you, right? Feel free. It's your prerogative. Yeah. That said, I guarantee, Ryan, what we'll talk about today, it will come up. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. And whether we prepare for it is going to be the million-dollar question. That's the difference, right? Are you right. are you prepared for, for that attack and that assault and that situation or not? And, right. and the vast majority aren't. Well, you, you pulled uh, an interesting stat out on me uh, a couple days ago, um, which is that most co-founders typically quit within the first year. Like if they're going to quit, it's typically within the first year. Correct. And as you know, 62% of stats are made up. So I can't yes. guarantee you that the validity, <laughs> validity of that stat is true. I liked it though. I liked it. It was a good stat. <laughs> well, it's true or not, irrelevant. It proves our point. So therefore we'll leave it. Right, right. Um, uh, well, look, here's the thing. The, the, you've got two compounding problems. You've yep. got the, the fact that people get into a startup at which point they know the least about it. Right? right. So we're joining a startup when it hasn't been formed yet. We haven't had to work there yet. We haven't had to work with any people. We don't even know what it does yet. Kind of a tough <laughs> time to make a big commitment. Right. Yep. The second thing is the startup itself, regardless of our commitment, also statistically has a very low probability of ever working. Hence us right. not being there forever, even if we wanted to. Exactly. And so we've got two situations where the certainty of our longevity in the company, ours or anyone else's, is by definition totally messed up, right? Correct. And yet we make these binding contractual obligations <laughs> to all of us, ourselves included, yeah. that we'll be with it forever. Right. And then, right. Be sh and then we're shocked later when it doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and, then, and then we're mad that we have to deal with the problem that we, we created simply by not recognizing that there could be a problem in the future. Um, it seems so obvious in hindsight too. That's the thing. I think it's what, I think it's what's so aggravating about it when it happens is that it's like, how did I not see this coming, right? How was I not prepared for this? Which just exacerbates the pain that you go through in that moment when you have to deal with that situation. Right, and so let's, let's just start from the back, the, the end for a second. Very few startups prepare, uh, you know, in their formative stages for what might happen if, if and when co-founders leave. Uh, right. Most of it's because it's, they're just not thinking about that. It's kind of like when you're getting married, the last thing you're thinking about is getting divorced. Although, yeah. incidentally, that's the most important time to think about getting divorced. Um, and divorces suck. But being unprepared for these things sucks a lot more. Yes. Unwinding yeah. a co-founder that you made a bad decision on is so difficult later on. So giving even an ounce of thought right now is worth exponentially more later. So we'll just, we'll leave that caveat kind of out there so that as you're listening to what we're talking about, you're thinking, you know, you know this is gonna be a really expensive thing to overlook if I have that opportunity. Yeah, and, and it is, and it is, it, it is. And, you know, using, using the divorce analogy, 
we know how contentious those get. We yep. know how, how nasty that can become. And, you know, just even if you're just sticking, like, let's say it's, it's, it's a, a relatively simple one. Let's just say there, there aren't even any children involved, right? This is just about the division of assets, right? And, and you know, in a startup, those are fairly clearly delineated in most right. cases. Here's where it becomes problematic. People want to start to argue about, well, okay, but that's the value now. What about the, the, the future value? This thing has the potential to go on and do these other things, right? Like that's not part of the divorce argument. So this becomes even more contentious because you're also talking about the potential, the future, or what, what else this, this could become, right? right? And that's, that's the entire point, right? We're trying to grow these things. We're trying to, to create these huge outcomes. And so imagine what those conversations look like. Imagine how, how cordial people can be um, when they've inflated the value of this thing in their mind. Um, and they also want to leave, but there's no provision for that. And we didn't talk about this before. And they're, they're, they're fully vested, um, which may have happened from day one, which by the way, don't do that. I assume we'll talk <laughs> about that at some point in this episode. Will, um, yeah. So, you know, Will's, Will's point. Absolutely accurate. Now is the time, right? The beginning is the time. It's your only shot. If you've already begun and you haven't done it, then now is the time, right? <laughs> so regardless of, of, of whether you're just getting started or you're well into this, if you haven't done it, now, now is the time, right? Now. Right. Now would right. be a good time to do it. Here, here's the problem, though. At the beginning, we get so fired up about the idea, Ryan, right? You come yep. to me with your idea. I get fired up about it. I want to join, you know, we lock arms and run into this thing. And yes. we have the equivalent in almost every case of a shotgun wedding, right? right. We just met in Vegas, got drunk, and now we're at the cathedral at three in the morning getting married by Elvis, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, and at the time, it seems like a really good idea. Yes. But what we- I still what, find it weird that you made us write that into the operating agreement, but- I, You know, it's got to be what it's got to be, man. Come on, it's Elvis. It's good. <laughs> and so uh, what ends up happening, though, is we're making- probably the largest commitment of our lives yep. at a time when we know the least about the outcome, right? Yes. And we're saying, we're making all of these assumptions, you know, about folks that, that, that we're going to make this, um, this relationship with. And it is a relationship at every possible level. The interpersonal sure. nature of it matters a lot, yeah, way more time. than people think. And so when we get started, you and I vibe on this one thing, which is this cool idea. Right? right. And, and I want to do something new and you want to do something new. We both love the idea and we both want to make it happen. Yes. Problem is we don't really know each other yet. Right. Right. Because right. We've, and, and you could say, oh, well, we worked together on a previous job. Not the same thing. Not right? the same thing. It's again, we're going to torture this marriage analogy to, to death here, but um, <laughs> it, it's the equivalent it works. of we've dated a bit, but we haven't lived together yet. Right. Right that's when things start to get real. Or you combine finances, we're married, we're kind of stuck with this thing. Yep. At which point, both of us have run through all of our savings and we don't know how we're going to pay our bills anymore. That's when it's not the same relationship anymore. And by the way, that happens in right. almost every single startup, right? So it's not yeah, an anomaly. For sure. Right? right, no, no. It's 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 a matter of kind of when that happens, not if. Right, right, right. And so at that point, things start to go sideways, right? And we start to realize, man, this person's kind of a jerk, right? Or, um, yep. hey, you were in it in good times when everybody's giving us high fives and some seed capital, but now the money is right. run out. And now you're running away while the rest of us have to pick up the slack for you, right? Yeah. We didn't, again, we didn't know who we, each other were until we had these interactions. And so we have to account for the fact that no matter who this person is, 
no matter how well we think we know them, we're just not really gonna know them well enough and they won't even know themselves nor ourselves until we go through this journey. And this journey is gonna be painful. We don't know how people right. are gonna react. You know, by the way, I just wanna mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day every day working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find, you know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. Yeah, and there's there's so much at stake, right? We've we've talked about this in a couple different ways. Um, we, we did an, an episode about, you know, how sometimes startups outgrow people. Right. Sometimes people outgrow startups, right? Both of those things can happen, right? I've, I've seen co-founders leave because they they essentially couldn't keep up with the company anymore, right? Going right. back to, I think you said, you know, yep. there was a designer, right? Really important in the beginning, but not necessarily somebody that needs a third of the company and a third of the control of, over the outcome of the company. That, that part of it may be well settled now. Um, to break away from the, the, the marriage analogy for, for a minute, Think about the friends that you grew up with and then the ones that you still hang out with, if any, and now the ones that you, you, you hang out with now, right? The startup goes through a similar evolution to a human life, right? As it grows up, what it needs and what it finds interesting and what it benefits from change entirely, Right. Right. But the same thing can also happen with a co-founder who maybe they're a bit more advanced than the rest of the team. I've seen co-founders leave because the company wasn't moving fast enough or because their skill set, the, the company wasn't at a point where they could fully be utilized. Right. And so they say, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go somewhere where I can be fully utilized, where I can use my superpowers to the fullest of their extent. Still the same problem if you didn't account for this up front, right? right? So it doesn't really matter why. Right. And there are a lot of reasons why. Um, the outcome is still the same. If you didn't plan for this, if you don't have this, you know, provisions within the operating agreement, um, have it at least having the discussion around it, um, it's going to be far, far worse. But as the startups change, as the people change, right, they may have been exactly the perfect person for that, like, zero to a thousand users or for the first 12 months as you were building the business and now they're not and that happens and that's okay as long as you plan for it here's the most consistent example i see time and time again um i've got the idea and let's say it's a technology idea it often is let's say it's a mobile yep. app, right and okay. i i want to go find a technical co-founder and so I finally find a technical co-founder that's willing to build this thing. And so they're, now they're my co-founder. Are they my yep. co-founder because I like this person and we've had cycles together? No. They're my co-founder because at that moment, I need someone to build my app for free. And so I yep. make them a te technical co-founder with no concept for whether or not they can, they can exist in any capacity beyond building right. this, this MVP right. of an app. Do right? they have leadership skills? Do they, can, they, can, they, can they run right. a team? Can they do anything? Or are they just a good builder? Right, right. right. Uh, conversely, uh, I'm going to come in from the technical co-founder side. The person I just decided to build an app with, all they had was an idea. They're actually not capable of doing anything beyond that, <laughs> beyond having the idea. They don't know marketing, they don't know fundraising, they don't, they don't yep. know management, they don't know anything. They, they had yet, an idea. And yet I'm tying my boat to this person? What? Yeah. Right, that right. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so in both cases, assuming things don't work, and they often don't work, what do I do about that, right? And, right. and here's what I would say. 
what are all the assumptions I'm making right Oof. now Oof. about that person, <laughs> right? How many days are we running this podcast? It's going to be a long one to go. Uh, you know, you know, Ryan, this is, we should probably just focus on this for a second, right? Yeah. I think we talked about it in another episode, the, the uh, unspoken contract that, that we make yes. with someone else without talking to them yep. about it at all, yep. right? How much time you're going to put in, how, you know, when the going gets tough, how much you're going to stick it out, uh, right. how much personal capital you're going to put in, how many of your connections yeah. you're going to put in, all of those things. I yes. assume, Ryan, my new co-founder, you are going to put all of those things into the company because I assume I am. But right. I'm just going to not bring that up. I'm not going to ask you. Nope. How, gonna assume. How, yeah, why would I, right? Why would I? Because that's what needs to happen for the vision that's in my head yep. to manifest and exist in the future. Whether that's the same vision you have or not, we won't know because we didn't talk about it, right? So right. You just, you put yourself in these really dangerous situations and, and these are, these are not insignificant assumptions, right? right. Um, they're not insignificant at all. Um, and any one of those falling flat could absolutely destroy things if, right. if not more than the relationship, right? And often that's where we see it start to break down it's not even that like, oh, you didn't make those introductions that I thought you would make. So therefore the business fails because we needed those introductions. It starts to fall apart because you didn't make those introductions. And I'm kind of salty that you didn't make those introductions. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, that was the expectation that I had of you. And in the conversation that I had all by myself, of course you said yes. So why aren't you doing it now? Right. So I think that, you know, it, it can begin to break down just over the relationship. Um, and often again, like it's, it's a death by a thousand cuts because we're making so many assumptions and individually they may not be that important, but collectively they define the, the quality of that relationship. And if the quality of the relationship goes, the co-founder goes at some point, right? Like it's just, it's very rare that you see a company where you have like two warring heads that somehow still manage to maintain a company. I think I've seen it in a movie, but never in real life. I actually, I've had this happen in a number of cases with co-founders, you know, as part of this journey. And I'll give you an example I, and I'll be specific about it. Um, the, the last company I did, this company called unsubscribe.com, uh, I had two co-founders that I had recruited. It's an idea I had for a long time. It's back before people knew how to get off of junk mail, basically. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a long time ago. Uh, and I was in like four other companies that I had built, that I was running. And I recruited two of my friends that I had met, which were both entrepreneurs themselves. And the three of us uh, got to work in this company. Now, they made an assumption there. And, and um, it was the right assumption for them to make. They were just wrong about it. Right? right? They made an assumption that if it's Will's idea and he's the one bringing us in the company, he's going to be just as committed as we are. Yeah. Wrong. I was not just as committed <laughs> as they were, right? Yeah. Because I had four other friggin' companies that I was running, right? Right. Now, your assumption was, I'm going to bring these two in so I don't have to do very much. I had the idea. I'm going to let them execute. It'll be great. Here's what I thought. I think this is a really good idea, which is why I'm going to take the time and energy to, to, yep. to make this happen, right? And if it winds up, winds up being this really, really good idea, I will quit the other stuff that I'm doing, right? Or yes. find, you know, find some other way to, to, to manage it. Right. Um, but I had never had that conversation with them. What sure. a mistake, right? So we get, uh, we get the company up and running um, and we go to raise some capital. And we were very fortunate 
in that for this particular company, investors were jumping over themselves to invest in the company. We raised all of our, yeah. all of our Series A in like 24 hours, right? Um, I'll be honest, never done that before. So it's not like I do that all the time. That was a first for yeah. me. Um, <laughs> and so uh, the stakes are going up. You know, investors are coming on, some you know, pretty yeah. big name investors. And, uh, and the two other co-founders come to me and they say, hey, uh, you know, it's kind of game time. How in this are you? And I'm like, well, I'm totally in this. Like, yeah, yeah, but you're running four other companies. <laughs> like, right. don't bullshit us. Like, how in this actually are you? And what I liked about that is that they brought the situation to the table, right? Yeah. And here's what they said. They said, unless you're as 100% as we are on a go-forward basis, we're going to restructure the cap table, right? Yep. Um, with or without you. And it was a tough conversation. Right. Yeah. And then that conversation lasts like four hours. Like, talk about a standstill. Right. right. And in 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 the end, I was wrong. Okay. I just want to be very clear. Right. They were right. They were willing to commit. The the capital had come in with with the commitment to work there, not the hey, I'll stop by to work there. Right. Yeah. And I felt I felt betrayed. Yeah. Right. Because I felt like I brought this whole thing together. It was my idea, et cetera. Here's what's so interesting about that. Here I am with the person with the idea, kind of bringing it in, getting it started, and using some of my own resources to get it going. And even I was the one that didn't have the commitment. Okay? Right. <laughs> this, that's what I'm saying. It's not as easy as, it's not, it's not obvious yeah. at all, right? right? Who the person right. is going to get voted off the island, right? In yeah. this case, it was me. Yeah. And even I didn't realize it. And I do yeah, this for a living. I'm going to do a right? podcast about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not like it's obvious. It's not like, you know, um, we all know exactly who, who's going to get voted off the island. Um, right. And during that conversation, Ryan, as it's going back and forth, as, as time's going on, I'm, I'm, I'm angry, right? I'm angry because I feel betrayed, Right. Um, I feel like, hey, I, I set all this thing up and once this thing becomes something, then they mutiny on me and try to take the company from me and all this stuff, right? Right. And, and, and even though in my heart of hearts, I knew that this was the right move, it didn't feel right. Right, it doesn't feel good. But doesn't guess what? Right. I'm reasonable. Most people are not. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have empathy and reason, right? So yeah. while I'm a tough person to negotiate with at some level, you could always at least trust the fact that like, you know, I've got that bone in my body. Right. Not everyone does. Nope. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And, and, and often we see, you know, full on implosion because of that. Right? You, you got two people who are unwilling or three or four people sometimes um, where, where it becomes a contentious thing. And you know, somebody's getting voted off the island and, and when there's, there's no give and there was no provision before the fact for how to deal with that, you're just stuck. It can, it can, it, you can just end in stalemate, right? Which is the death of the startup company. You bet. Um, and again, like, you know, another memorable scenario for me, um, was, uh, when there, you know, there were, there were four of us in a room, you, me included. Um, and, we were talking about our, our vision for startups.com and what we, you know, hoped that would become and, and the amount of time we were willing to, to put into it. And, you know, we could all foresee, you know, you know, riding this thing off into the future for as long as we needed to, because we were loving what we were doing so much. 
And then a fourth voice popped in and was like, 18 months and I'm out. That's my max on this. And the rest <laughs> of us were like, what? Like, it was so, it was so utterly shocking and like understandable in, in hindsight. Like, I, you know, once, once the position was explained and why and all that, it was just so incongruous with the rest of the group. It was just like, it was so funny to me, but like, it's, it's those situations, right? That if you're not prepared for that, if you don't yep. have a provision for how we deal with that, that's a huge, huge issue, right? Because right. you're talking about fundamentally different decision-making that lead to let's do this forever and let's push this thing to a sale in 18 months, right? You got to do real different stuff to make those two things happen. Right. Um, right. So, you know, that, I think that for me was probably the, the most memorable of the, the, the co-founder dissensions, like, right. These, these, these agreements where all of a sudden it's like, we'd never really talked about this before. Um, you know, we had provisions for dealing with it luckily, but it was like, didn't see that one coming right did, did, out of the, out of the blue. I, you just I, never know I remember that where it's going to come from. Yep. Right. It, amazing. And it's usually Absolutely not amazing. that explicit, right? In other right. words, <laughs> we, we assume that the person, you know, that we're co-founding with, or that the persons that we're co-founding with are going to take this thing the, the 10 years or however long it takes to, to ride this out. Right. Um, which is such, <laughs> which is such a broken assumption because none of us even knows that that's true. Again, in my case, I started the damn company and didn't realize it wasn't true. Right. When I, when I look back, I realize now that, um, there was no way I was going to be able to hold up my end of the bargain. And so right. we have to recognize on the onset that, even if we have explicit conversations and everybody says, I'm all in, it just means they're in until they're not in, right? Everyone is in and committed until they're not committed, until shit yep. goes wrong and they have to bounce because they can't make their <laughs> mortgage, right? Right. Like, that's part of this game. Yeah. And so I tell you what, we all agree that stuff can go sideways. Let's talk about how to plan for when it does. Okay. Right? Uh, the plan for divorce, hope for marriage. Okay. Yes. And, and there are <laughs> well very deliberate ways that we can set up a very fair structure between ourselves and our co-founders so that if things don't work out, that we at least yep. have an understood way of kind of bringing them back in alignment. Doesn't always go great. Even the prenup right. doesn't always work, right? Right. But it at least sets an expectation for the foundation. How's that sound? Sure. Yeah. It gives you a framework for the conversation at a bare minimum. Right. And, and, and at least there's a preemptive conversation that says another conversation like this could exist in the future when things are not all roses. Right. right. So, I mean, Mike Moyer built a business around this, right? The I mean, slicing pie, right? Right. Yes. So there, there is, there's obviously, um, enough of a, enough of a challenge in the startup space for this, um, that, you know, he's, he's built an entire business and, and tool and, and methodology around it. Okay. Um, so, so yeah. So step one, and this is the easiest one, super easy to put in place and, uh, very easy to overlook. Everyone vests. Now, not yes. everyone listening to this podcast is going to understand what vesting is. So let's just do a, a 60 second primer. Sure. Vesting implies that your stock is put back into the company. The company owns it, this kind of, you know, amorphous entity and that you earn it back just like an employee would, um, over a period of time. Often those periods are in the account of years. So for example, yep. let's say that, uh, Ryan and I are splitting the company and we say that our, our stock is going to vest over a three year period. That means yep. each year over three years, we'll get a third of our equity back. If we're not around 
happens all the time. If we're not around after year one, that two thirds of equity goes back into the company kitty and the company can decide what to do with it. The company can decide yes. to distribute it back to the other founders, uh, et cetera, right? Yep. The point is, if I don't make it past year one, and just to be clear, most people don't make it past year one in formative right. startups. You don't hear about them because they were ousted out of the company long before <laughs> that company became a company. Almost yeah. every big company uh, has a silent co-founder nobody's heard of. Yeah. Um, that said, we want the vesting to be in place to account for just that moment of time, that kind of trial period where yes. everyone gets an opportunity to be there or not. And it's really clear right. what we do or don't have based on those milestones. Yeah, because again, you don't know when that's going to occur, right? Investing right. protects you from that. If that person, if, if you, you know, look at the contrast, look at the, look at the antithesis to this, right? We say, all right, we're going to split the company. Here's your 50%. Here's my 50%. Yep. Um, the next day I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I actually don't want to do that. But oh, well, I own half the company. Right. I'm going to yep. go do something else. Good luck getting we'll, that back. Uh, let, let me know when you're going to send me the half the money, okay? Right. Um, that's bad. Right. Right? So with the vesting, you're protecting yourself from that, right? So if it's day one they decide or day 365 or day whatever, um, you've got a provision for having vested them into what they were rightfully entitled to based on what you agreed upon you at the beginning, right? A uh, little known fact, many investors from seed stage all the way up to, to sometimes yep. series A are going to require you to do it anyway. Yes. Often, often with your, your, uh, a large angel round or a seed round, the investors will say, guess what? Good news. All of you have to give your stock back and you have to earn it back yeah. just like an employee would over the next three years because yep. they're saying the same thing. Yeah. If we're going to invest in this company and we're assuming you guys are getting your stake because yep. you're going to be here, we need an insurance policy that you're actually going to be here. Right. And anybody that hasn't heard of this before is going to be so pissed off. They're like, what are you talking about? I own my <laughs> stock. You can't take it from me, Nikki. Earn yeah. it back. Yes, you can. If you, want, yeah. if you want their money on their terms, those are the terms. And it's not yep. uncommon. And no, so it's not. trying to achieve the same problem, though, or, or, or attack the same problem, though. Yes. Because it, it, there's no other way to ensure you're going to be around or have a mechanism that's so simple if you're not. Right. I mean, put it from the investor's perspective, right? Like they've got, uh, let's just say there's a CEO, a CMO, a CTO, a COO, right? They're investing in this company. And let's say all four of those folks are fully vested at this point. Right. And three days after the investment, the, the CMO and the CTO decide to quit. Right. Right. That's kind of a problem for the people who just put $2.5 <laughs> million dollars at the company. Right. Right. Kind of, kind of an issue. So uh, of course that needs to exist. Um, but back to your, your point, right. And, and this isn't, I, I want a small caveat on that. This isn't just for people who fully vested from the beginning. We're not saying if you decided to fully vest from the beginning, investors could force you to adopt a vesting schedule. You may have already had a vesting schedule right. and you right. may have fully vested. You may have put in your two years, your three years, your five right. years, whatever it was, or you may be in year one of two for vesting. You may be 50% vested and they're going to hit the reset timer on that. Right. right. And we see this all the time for all the reasons that we just described, um, may not feel good, but Again, if we go back to that reasonable bone that some of us have in our body, we can understand why this needs to exist to protect the startup, to protect the investors, to make sure that things proceed as they should and that there's provisions for what we do if they don't. Right. 
Another way we can do it, and this is a little bit more complicated, but it's but it's uh, certainly uh, relatively easy to construct, is we can say, Ryan, you get 40%, I get 40%. There's 20% left over in essentially an option pool. Yep. Each of us will earn that pro rata if, if we stick by these commitments. Ryan, you'll yep. contribute a minimum of 40 hours per week. You'll commit at least $100,000 of real capital. You know, whatever we think our, our, our both our contributions are going to be, we just commit to them. You know what? The structure actually isn't what's important here. The important thing, what gets really interesting is when we both make this commitment and we sign on it, and we say we will put in 40 hours or, or there's consequence. We will put in $100,000 or there's consequence. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, people get a little bit more nervous and, and a little bit more chatty about what they really mean by that commitment. It's this incredible thing. It's if, when you ask somebody to sign a, a, on the line against anything, they actually think about it. Now, most people don't read the documents because they don't think they're important. But for this one, I guarantee people are going to pay attention to, to what's in that document. And that's why it's important. Allow us to sign against something, against the commitment, and say, if we don't hold up our end of the bargain, which is the same as everybody else's, there's consequence and by way of that equity. Yeah, man. Look, so really, no matter how we cut this, right, what we're trying to say is that we hope that it works out. We hope that the marriage lasts forever. We hope the startup goes on to succeed with whoever you started it with. But we also want to be really sober about having a plan for what to do if and when things go wrong so that regardless of whether you continue with that co-founder or not, the business can move forward and go on to do all the things that you intended for it to do. All right, so that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.